What's up, guys? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. I'm your host, Chelsea Reif, and this podcast focuses on lifestyle, business, wellness, and lately just a lot around manifesting and living life on your own terms. So today we have on Sophie Nick. She is a women's empowerment and transformation mentor, which can mean a lot of different things. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear what she actually does and how specific she gets with her work. It's so life-changing that I know you're going to really value it because even in the hour I talked to her, I was like, wow, I need to work with her because she just gets it. It's so amazing to see what we can unblock if we just allow that energy to basically leave us meaning more abundance in your life, more love, more men, more money, whatever it is. She talks about that a lot on the podcast and on her Instagram, which is I am Sophie Nick. So I think you'll really enjoy today's episode. And of course, if you have any questions, feedback, anything, just DM me at Chelsea Rife, or you can write into the podcast, hello at inmynonexpertopinion.com, or visit the new website, inmynonexpertopinion.com. And I hope to hear from you. Uh, If you have been listening to this podcast for the last probably, what, four months, I've been doing a few Australia updates, so I will go ahead and continue with those. Right now, I'm in Melbourne, which is funny because my hometown in Florida basically is Melbourne, Melbourne Beach. Um, It's called Satellite Beach, and right next to it is Melbourne Beach. And so I'm saying Melbourne, and when I come here, because of their accents, they say Melbourne. But like even the Americans say it that way. So they're like, oh, you're in Melbourne? And I'm like, yeah, Melbourne, because that's where I'm from. So it's just really funny to hear Americans say like Melbourne. But yeah, I'm here and it is super artsy, definitely different than Sydney, more hipster. There's a lot of laneway bars, really cool areas with graffiti. Um, The people are super eclectic and the weather is really sporadic. It has been nice and hot it has been freezing today it's rainy and cold it's been all over the place but so far it's nice to just see a different side of australia because sydney and bondi beach is so you know beachy and wellness focused and everyone's waking up early and being active and it's kind of like la where this feels a lot more like san francisco where again it's very artsy cool bars cool restaurants and it's just nice to have a little um break from sydney But I will say I do miss Sydney, which is funny because I always was wondering, like, I wonder if I'll ever feel like Bondi Beach or Sydney feels like home. You know what I mean? Like, quote unquote, home, because I've only been there for, what, three to four months. And yeah, I'm here and I'm like, oh, my God, this is weird. I actually can like not wait to get, quote unquote, home back to Bondi. And I realize I do like Sydney more than Melbourne for living. So like I said, it's fun to visit Melbourne, but it's a city and it's just not my vibe. Like I love the Sydney aspect and the wellness aspect, the wellness aspect of Sydney with, like I said, the yoga and the beach and meditation centers and acupuncture. Like I'm obsessed with that stuff. And I'm sure that's, there's a, you know, place here in Melbourne or like a section of town that focuses on that too, but it's just so apparent, especially in Bondi beach. And I really love that. So yeah, right now I am freezing and we have one more day here. We have done a ton of stuff. We've seen graffiti. I went to the queen Victoria markets, which were really cool. Um, we went out last night. It's been insane. I definitely need a break and it's actually summer here, which is wild because back in the States it's freezing and it's, basically winter time. No, it is winter time. And here it's the kickoff of summer. So it's so weird because I just had my summer in Florida and then Florida's hot anyway. It's the sunshine state. 
and now it's like prime summertime in Sydney. So I feel like I've basically had six plus months of summer and apparently Bondi Beach, it gets so crazy that they call it silly season because everyone is just all out all the time, always doing something. So I'm going to be arriving back to official kickoff of summer in Sydney. So that's going to be interesting. And it's weird, too, because there's no Christmas decorations up like Americans do. You know, Americans right after Thanksgiving or right around Thanksgiving start blasting their lights all up on their houses. They start putting the Christmas tree up or blasting Christmas music here. I don't know if it's because of the weather or maybe it's just not as like consumeristic as America. Is, is that even a word consumeristic? I don't know. We're using it for now. But yeah, it does not have that same feel. Like even on Halloween, I don't remember anything being decorated. There was like, I didn't hear of any trick or treating. I didn't like not a lot of people dressed up. And with Christmas so far, I've only seen like hints of Christmas here and there, but there's really not the all out, you know, blast of Christmas like there is in the US. So that's interesting too, because I'll also be here for Christmas by myself. And apparently everyone goes to the beach. So I'm like, this is just going to be so weird being at the beach on Christmas Day with a ton of my friends when usually I'm like chilly with my family around a tree, around a ton of decorations and Christmas music. So I definitely want to do something that feels a little more like holiday-ish because I used to live in Chicago, which was super into Christmas and there were so many holiday parties and I don't want to lose that like fun tradition and touch. So I'm going to see if, you know, maybe people want to do a Christmas dinner, maybe a little gift exchange, because right now I'm not really feeling the holiday vibe just because, like I said, it's summer, it's beachy, it's it's kind of weird. So yeah, those are my Australia updates so far. I'm still partying in Melbourne and it's been too much. I definitely need a break when I get back. I just want to like do yoga, hit the beach, chill out, organize my room because I moved again. And that's interesting too is i've moved like four different times and that's just the backpacker lifestyle in bondi like no one actually stays in one place for long you don't even sign leases it's so weird everyone's like oh i love that they do those month-to-month leases and i was like they don't it's just that they everyone's a backpacker so you just send a deposit in and you move it's kind of wild when you think about it but Yeah, I moved again and now I'm really happy with my space. I have a little balcony, I have a huge bed. Uh, It's a great location. It actually forces me to walk to work a little more. I used to be able to just turn around the corner and go to work. Now I have to walk about 15 minutes, but it's perfect because it's summer. So yeah, that's an update. Uh, Moved in Melbourne. I think that's it. I will definitely keep you guys posted as I start to uh, get into the summer here because I'm sure there's going to be some wild stories. All right, with that, let's jump into today's episode with Sophie Nick. Okay, guys, I am so excited because we have Sophie Nick on right now, and she is the perfect person to talk to when it comes to money, men, manifestation. You guys know lately on the podcast, I have been talking about manifestation and I feel like something I need to work on is definitely money and men. And I'm so excited to have Sophie on. Sophie, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Can you actually describe what you do? Because I know in today's Instagram age, I feel like everyone is a self-proclaimed expert and coach mm-hmm. and founder and this and that, which is actually amazing that we can all carve these own paths for ourselves. But I would love to for you to dive in and give an explanation of what you do. 
Yeah. So I guess the easiest way to explain it is that it's very similar to life coaching, but my focus is more on relationships and also money. And that's also because my background is in marriage and family therapy. So I actually started out as a psychotherapist, um, doing a lot of couples work, a lot of relational work, and then also specializing in eating disorders. So that's kind of like where I started and where my formal training comes from. And then once I entered the online space, like that really began to shift. And now it's just, it's really just like very deep transformational work. Um, and it happens to be in relationships and money because what I've also found like doing this work for about two years now is that if you are unfulfilled in your relationships, um, that will affect your income and your impact. And a lot of people actually don't realize that until they talk to me and they come across my work or, you know, they sign up for a program or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, those are just the two things that I'm currently the most passionate about helping women with. What's interesting about what you do is everyone wants to live a more fulfilled life, but I feel like no one actually wants to do the work. Have you found that to be an issue? So the people who work with me are fully committed to doing the work. And that's the only way that I will work with them. But the biggest thing is that people are very much afraid of facing the dark aspects of themselves and really digging deep and looking at all of their shit, essentially. And they all know, though, at the same time, it's like, if you want to heal something, you need to confront it and you need to face it. But it's scary. It's scary and it takes work and it takes support. What about yourself? Like, did you, before you started actually doing this, go through a, a period where you had to look at yourself and say, these are what I need to work on before I can serve other people? Yeah. So I have always been looking at my own shit. (laughs) It's been like an ongoing, it's been an ongoing thing. I'm definitely not perfect. I've definitely like, I've been in therapy, like since I was little, I've always been like very introspective. Um, but I don't teach on a concept until I feel like I am actually an expert in that. So a lot of like the money mindset stuff that I teach on, That's because I struggled a lot with my money mindset when I first started my business and I started to look at my upbringing and I was, you know, my family wasn't like balling and like ridiculously like wealthy, but we were always very comfortable. But like even being in that situation, having a mom who wasn't necessarily working all the time, I had my own stuff about like women in the workforce that I wasn't even aware of. Like I felt like I could never take care of myself because my dad always handled shit Um, so the beginning of my business, like I was confronted with all of like my internal dialogues and worldviews surrounding money. And then also like as my business progressed and I was in these more serious relationships, I started to really look at my relationships and like what was going on with me, what was going on with my partner? Why was I attracting this person or this situation or even with like clients, um, Like, why was I attracting a certain client who was, you know, reacting a certain way? Or why was I attracting a certain friend? What lesson was there? Like, where was I at? Where were they at? All those things. It's interesting, the money mindset, because every entrepreneur wants to make money, but there is a weird taboo that society has created where it's like, oh, but money is evil. Money is greedy. Um, I don't deserve this. I don't have a qualification. Can you explain maybe three like takeaways or action items, or I guess 
tangible steps that people can do to start switching those, those limiting beliefs around? Yeah, totally. So I will actually take you through what I do with all my clients and it's the subconscious reprogramming. So the first thing that you want to do is you want to identify the limiting belief that you have around money or you have around love or whatever it is that you're having trouble receiving or creating more of. So write down the limiting belief. And then what you can do is like ask yourself where it's stemming from. So chances are a parent or a caregiver is the one who sort of like instilled that belief in you. And then what you're going to do after you've identified it is you're going to ask yourself if that's ultimately true. And chances are it's not ultimately true because if you grew up thinking that people with money are greedy, I can guarantee you that you can come up with a list of like 10 people who are incredibly wealthy and powerful and do amazing things with their money, right? So it's like you're now right. showing yourself like where this belief is coming from and why it's not true and it's not yours. Um, and then you can also get like very, very honest with yourself and ask yourself like, how is having this thought or belief manifesting in my life? Because if you think that people who have money are evil, then that's actually going to block you from creating the wealth that you desire because on some level, you think that once you have that money, you will become that evil person. So it's all about like becoming more aware of your thoughts and like where they're stemming from um, and also who they belong to. And then the last step is really like reframing it. So if you grew up thinking that everyone with money was evil, it's like you can change that to people, good people do really good things with money. Right. It's all about like, I like the example of finding people that are actually wealthy and looking at what they do with their money, because we have a tendency to just look at our own self. And like you said, maybe parents or family or whoever it is, but it's like, no, we all probably know a few people that are just fine living in wealth, but not greedy or evil. Exactly. And you know, that's the, like, that's why it's so important for people to really look at where that thought or belief is stemming from. Because what they'll find is that like, it really isn't theirs. Like it really does not belong to them. And like, as children, we're sponges, you know, mm -hmm. it's like if our parent or a caregiver is going to tell us that something is true, we are then going to believe that it's true until we get a little older and maybe we have experiences or we, you know, we decide that it's not true for us anymore. Yeah. I think we can all relate to growing up where, you know, maybe a parent was like, no, we can't order off that menu or no, that's like, put that back down. That's, you know, we're in a tight space right now. We can't do that. And like you said, we're sponges. And I don't think we realize that until we're older that you're like, oh yeah, like why couldn't we ever go to that restaurant? Or why was that one scenario always like very weird when we stepped into that place? And it's like, oh, no wonder I feel weird too, because I was around that for years. Exactly. And that's why it's like, you know, like even I do this work for a living and like, I'm not perfect at it either, but it's like, you get better and better at it the more that you do it. Cause it's like, you start to realize like, holy shit, like all these thoughts and beliefs that I possess, like aren't actually mine. And yeah, it's kind of like terrifying initially, but then it's also very, very empowering. Once you realize that you can actually create your own thought, you can all, you can actually create your own reality. It's like you are in control of whatever it is that you want. And also, like, if you're constantly saying negative things about money, then anytime you're like presented with money, you will find the negative, like you will attract the negative, mm -hmm. you know? So it's kind of like, 
it's kind of like, it's the, like the law of attraction, right? So it's like, as soon as you decide that like you're ready for the car or the bag that you want, you start seeing it everywhere. So your mind will actually start finding things that like validate how you're thinking and what you're believing. And I think you need to be open to the way that shows up too. Cause I, I found recently where I was like, you know, why am I not receiving money? Like, what's the issue? I I feel like I'm so open to it. And it's like, wait, I had to look at it almost in a different way of like, I have a free yoga membership right now because I work at a studio Mm -hmm. and it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not physically having money in the bank, but that's almost $800 every six months that I don't have to pay. So I had to look at it differently and say, well, wow, look, you're saving $800. You're not spending $800 instead of thinking, why is $800 not, you know, direct deposited into my bank account? It's like, being open to how you look at things as well. Would you agree? I agree with you a hundred percent. It's like a lot of people actually struggle with being grateful for what it is that's in front of them because they get stuck in that like mentality of like, why is that $800 not directly in my bank account? Right. So I like, I literally have every single client do this too, where I'm just like, yo, like you're getting so much shit gifted to you left and right. As soon as you acknowledge that and you're grateful for it, more of it will come in. So The next time that someone buys you a coffee or treats you to lunch or dinner or whatever, like that is them showing you that like you are supported and that is them essentially giving you money. So people like, yeah, people get into this like headspace of like, I need the money to come from a certain thing, like my job or my podcast or whatever it is. I always tell people like, be open to receiving it from like any and everywhere. Like Mm -hmm. just be like a vessel for receiving And like, you will be surprised. Like I've had like crazy cash months because I told myself I was open to receiving the money in unexpected ways. And like, it ended up happening in unexpected ways where, you know, like I got bought out of my apartment, for example, and that was like a chunk of cash. And then like a client owed me money and literally just gave me all of it at once. You know what I mean? So it's like, you can't be so attached to where it's coming from. That's so true. And I know that there's people listening because I personally know people like this that cannot get this mindset of money just shows up. Like, you know what I mean? People are like, well, money doesn't grow on trees. Money's just not going to fall from the sky and land in my lap. I only have one source of income that I, you know, I work 40 hours a week at. How could I possibly receive something else? And I think what you just said is the unexpected part is mm-hmm. being open to that because there really is an issue where people are just like, well, I only make one income. That's how it is for the rest of my life. Yeah. So the first time that I ever ran my mastermind, um, I ran it as like a one month long group program. And these girls were manifesting checks left and right. It just like became like, yeah, it just became like a fun game at that point. But it's like, that's the thing. They were all open to money coming in unexpected ways. And they were so detached from like how it would actually happen that they started getting checks from like old jobs, old apartments, like randomly found a birthday check from like their grandma, like just stuff like that. Cause they were simply just open to receiving and being in like a receiving energy is actually very feminine. Can you talk about that actually? Like what is receiving energy for someone that is like, I have no idea what this girl's talking about. So (laughs) it's literally like you being open to receiving the things that you want. Does that make sense? Like 
I'm open to receiving all the opportunities. I'm open to receiving all the money, all the men, all the things. It's like, I'm simply just open to having those things that I desire come my way. And what would you say to people that are like, oh oh, yeah, obviously I'm open to a thousand dollars landing in my bank account, but then they don't actually receive or not receive it. They're not actually open. Um, Like, I feel like people think that they're open, but they're not. So is that people, an issue you want to do? Yeah, that is actually an issue. Because the thing is, is that like you can say that you want X, Y, and Z, but if you're actually not a vibrational match for that thing, and what I mean is that like if your mind is like wanting it, but your body can't actually hold it, then you will not attract it, you know? So it's kind of like, I'll use love as an example, right? We all want our fucking soulmate, right? Everyone wants mm-hmm. him. But if your soulmate came up to you right now, physically, do you think that you could hold on to this person? Or do you feel like you're actually kind of preoccupied? There's other things that you want to do right now and focus your energy on, right? And chances Mm -hmm. are someone's body can't actually hold it. So they're not a match for that thing just yet. But also it's like, if you're saying that you want something like a thousand dollars and it's not happening, like what part of you doesn't actually believe that you deserve to have it? What part of you isn't trusting the process? And also what part of you is super attached to how this is going to happen? Cause that really does trip people up. It's like, they're so obsessed with like, how, 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 <laughs> like, how is this going to happen? I need to detach. Like they just, they're really holding on and that becomes like a lower vibrational energy. Um, and by that, I mean, it's like a needy energy. So think about like someone who you're dating, who's like on your nuts and like being like really anxious and like needy and like, I need you right now you're kind of like repulsed by them. It's the same thing. Like Mm -hmm. the universe is like, yo bitch, like chill the fuck out. Like, yeah. Like I need space. (laughs) I feel like I actually relate to this right now where I am trying to start my own private yoga business and private yoga is just like personal training. You're definitely paying a premium. You're not just going to, you know, a $10 planet fitness gym membership. It's Mm -hmm. an investment. And I am having the weirdest conflict internally right now where I'm like, I know that I paid thousands of dollars for my training, that I'm worth what I'm charging. This is what I need to charge. But then when I actually need to go pitch it or like talk to someone about it, I'm like, how can I be charging that much? Like, that's so much money. Like, who do I think I am? Like, I just got my certification and I'm running in circles now where kind of what you're talking about. It's like my mind thinks I'm open. Like, yep, logically this makes sense of what to charge. But my body is like, if someone was like, yeah, sure. Let's sign the check. Here's the money. I would be like, no, 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 this is too much. Yeah. You'd freak out. Such a wild ride that I'm going on right now. I mean, well, you and I need to talk because I can totally help you with this. Yes. um, Like regardless of that, it is, it's one of those things where it's like, when it comes to like pricing a service, it is actually so much I don't know. It's not like, it's not that it's like super, super deep, but there's also like an energetic component and aspect to it. Right. So it's like, you have to get really honest with yourself and be like, okay, what is my energetic minimum? So your energetic minimum, when it comes to like pricing an offer or just getting paid, whatever it is that you want, or even like monthly income, all the things, um, that is like the least amount of money that you are like, kind of like willing to receive or can see yourself receiving. Right. So maybe someone's energetic minimum is 2k, but like from like their side hustle or whatever, even their business, 
but then their energetic maximum. So the most they can hold is like 8k. So it's getting really clear on like what you actually feel that you can hold right now in this moment. And also like not becoming obsessed with numbers. Cause, um, like in my mastermind, for example, my mastermind is called money, men and manifesting. So in my mastermind, we do a lot of this work with like energetics, right? And that's what I've noticed the most with clients. I'm always like, you guys, like stop becoming obsessed with the number. Like you Mm -hmm. guys are holding onto it for dear life. Focus on being of service. Focus on creating offers that feel really good to you and go sell those. Because if you're stoked on life about your offer and you're like, holy shit, this is a no brainer. Whenever you go and pitch it to someone, your energy is going to be behind it. You're going to be like, wait, are you fucking kidding me? Like you need this. Like what? Like when it comes to pricing, like that's the biggest thing. And also just knowing that like, you know, you can't compare your pricing to the next person's, right? Like we all bring something so different to the table and we all have like different standards of like living or what we want or need or whatever. And so you really can't compare, you know, it's like, I mean, I grew up in Los Angeles, so my VIP program is like a little higher ticket. Right. But I'm sure if I like lived somewhere else where there wasn't that pressure on me, like that quote unquote pressure, maybe it'll be a little less. I don't know who fucking Mm -hmm. knows, but you can't compare anything to the next person. And you also have to like trust that like people are going to work with you because yeah, they want like the yoga, but like they also want to be in your energy. Like Mm -hmm. that's also really important. And like, you have the training, you have the background, you have the knowledge. Now it's all about like you getting behind your rates and you can start off a little lower as long as you feel like you're being compensated and then you scoot your way on up. It's not a big deal. You don't have to start out like super high ticket and like all in your head. It's just, you have to start out at like a rate that you can stand behind. Right. And I think that goes to trusting your gut and intuition of we've all been there where you're like, Oh, why did I do that? Like this feels gross or like, you know, why would I sell my product for $15 or service when I paid $2,000 to get a certification? And, and you know, in your heart of hearts that that's not worth it. So I think I need to just trust my intuition more as well. Yeah. And that's also something that like comes with time and like a lot of like lessons and like learning. Cause that's, yeah, I've definitely dealt with stuff like that, especially like early on in my business. And even with like investing in coaches to help me, like I got super, super burned. And in retrospect, I wasn't trusting myself, you know, and like a lot of it too, though, is trial and error. Yeah. I want to talk about that side of your transition. Like how did you go from, I'm imagining what was maybe a steady, you know, psychotherapist job, maybe you had benefits. It was, uh, you know, steady income, to the transition to start your own business and what you were just talking about, maybe the beliefs that you had around money or do I deserve to be doing this or any of those, those thoughts? Yeah, totally. So when I, and also for your audience, um, I'm drinking wine right now cause it's later <laughs> where I'm living. So if I like sounding buzz, that's why, um, but anyways, um, so for me, Basically, what ended up happening was that I, um, after graduate school, I started to study holistic health and the psychology of eating even more deeply than I had before. So I was certified in both. um, And I was, or I was getting certified in both while I was working at an eating disorder treatment center. And basically, what I realized was that if I 
remained a psychotherapist, like I could only help people in the state of California. Like there were way too many like rules and regulations. Like I wasn't really aware of the loopholes at the time. Um, and long story short, I just was not happy about the way that things were run there. Um, and then I also wasn't being paid that well. So I had a master's degree that was, you know, a hundred thousand dollars, like no big deal. And I was getting paid less than a lot of my friends who didn't even have a degree. So I was already like really upset and like angry about all that. Um, and then once I started my coaching practice, pricing was actually very, very hard for me because I was still stuck in the hourly mentality. And so I hired different business coaches and I kind of went into everything very blindly. Like I didn't really do my research. I sort of like fell for like the beautiful marketing and branding and aesthetics And I got burned and I was very resentful of the industry for a very long time. And then now I'm like over it because I feel like I actually learned how to be a better, like whatever coach, if that's what you want to call me. Um, But yeah, I kind of just like went into those investments blindly and like essentially like blew my savings in those investments. Like that's how big of investments they were. But I also like, I didn't know what else to do. And then I slowly learned the ropes. (laughs) I want to talk about the investing in a business coach because I'm actually at that stage too, where I just felt like, okay, I didn't know going back to the yoga thing. Like, I don't really know where to start. What do I do? How do I pitch this? How do I target clients? And I'm working with actually two different people right now that I feel good about. But when you're saying you got burned and you didn't, you know, you went in blindly, like looking back, if you were someone, let's like, you know, make up a name, Sally, who's about to launch uh, a new healthcare brand and she doesn't know what to do. What advice would you give Sally if she's going to be investing in a business coach and evaluating them? I would say do your research. Don't just jump into something because the person's branding and marketing is cool. And they're like very enticing on like a call, like chill the fuck out, talk to multiple people and then make your decision. Okay. So you're basically saying ask references. Like, do you have a list of references I could talk to? Or not even, I feel like people will ask for references when they don't fully trust the other person. So it's not bad to ask Mm. for references, but it's like, you don't know, you can do it off of like a vibe. Right. Right. So for me, I was also very much in like fear and scarcity and lack when I made these investments. So while I was in those investments in those containers, I still had that energy of fear, scarcity and lack. So yes, the other person did play a role because they weren't acting in integrity, but I also made that investment from like a very low state, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I even tell people, like, I always tell people, I'm like, listen, like, do not work with me if you're doing this out of fear. Do this because you fucking trust me and you know that our work together will change your fucking life and then we'll move forward. Like, I like anything with anyone who's just like, I'm freaking out. I'm so scared. And it's like, yeah, there's a good level of like being scared because it's an investment in yourself. But like, if it's fierce, like if it's like a lack in scarcity, you don't want to go into any investment with that energy. That's so true. Because then what happens is if you do that, you'll probably end up not seeing the results you want and then not taking any accountability and being like, Oh, that just sucked. And it's like, well, did it suck? Or did you meet them halfway and do the work? Cause that's another part of the equation is you have to also do your homework and look inward. Yeah, I agree. And that's also why it's important to like work with a business coach who really understands how you need feedback. 
So one of mm. my like first business coaches was way too airy fairy and like in her own fucking world. And then another one was way too hard ass and like would make me cry like all the time. And it wasn't even oh, like, it wasn't like breakthrough tears. It was like verbal abuse tears. You know what I mean? Oh, wow. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, we don't have to like go into details about those, but like that really taught me like, when I'm talking to a client, even if it's in like a group setting, so like in a mastermind setting where everyone gets like hot seat coaching, it's like, I need to tune into their energy and what it is that they need. And I need to show up in that way for them. So it's like, I have clients who are like, call me out on my shit, like tell me what I'm doing wrong. And like, I can do that. And then I have clients that I'm like a lot softer and like sweeter with, because Mm -hmm. I know that's how they'll you know, how will be the most receptive to like what it is that I have to say, or that's maybe that's what they need right now, you know? So it's like a lot of it comes down to that, but yeah, I would say definitely do your homework, do research. Don't just settle for the first person that you talk to, um, consume a lot of like their free content, like DM them, chat with them, like see what their vibe is like, and then go from there. Like you don't have to have it be like this crazy interview process, but it's like, get to know them a little bit before you pay them. Don't just fall for like the fucking like frills and shit. Right. Just like you said, the branding can go a long way, but it's the person behind the brand that you're going to be working with, not the colors and the fonts. Exactly. Which is really easy to get like distracted by when you first start your business. Cause we're very visual people. Mm-hmm. I definitely can agree. I know exactly what you mean. It's like, okay, well this is pretty, they obviously invested in branding. They must be professional they must be a business person, but it's like, you can get that, like you said, the feeling of, uh, this just doesn't feel right. Or yes, this actually is amazing. I'm vibing with this girl. Let's move forward. Exactly. Okay. So you get burned by these investments. So Ben, you mean burned, like you just didn't get anything out of them and you spent a ton of money. No, I mean, I spent a ton of money and then I, and did my contracts prematurely, but I was still responsible for the financial aspect of the program because of how contracts were built. Yeah, basically I like, I did learn from these people, but it's like, I also kind of like threw away thousands of dollars, like a lot of money away. I want to be transparent here because I feel like people want to, you know, outsource and re, you know, find different people to hire. And, but then they're like, they want to be cheap about it. And what I've learned is the cheaper you pay, obviously it's like anything else. If you go buy a cheap piece of clothing, it's going to fall apart. You'll wear it once. If you invest in a cheap person, then that's probably what you're going to get. Of course, I'm speaking in generalized terms here, but I'll be honest in what I'm paying right now. Like I had a business coaching call that's 90 minutes and it's $500 but I go into it with very specific bullet points of what I want to get out. I'm not just like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Let's chit chat. How's it going? Mm -hmm. Like we dive on and I'm like, I need a mission statement. I need to clarify this piece. I need to email 10 people. I need your help in finding out who these people are. And then for the mastermind group I'm in, in January, I paid, I think $995 and it's a six week program where we have weekly calls with other coaches and we go through like support, pushback, feedback, all different things where someone listening might be like, what the hell you spent that much money on one person or one call. But to me, I'm, I already see that this would pay off for you. How much money you don't even, maybe if you're not comfortable saying what you charge, but in the beginning, were you spending on these people? And do you see a correlation with paying higher prices equals better results or not? So here's the thing. I don't think that here. Okay. Well, 
how to explain this. So what might be a lot of money for me, it might not be a lot of money for you it might be way too much money for the next person. Right. right so okay. everything is so subjective. Everything's so relative that it's like, um, like my mastermind right now is nine ninety seven a month and it's four months. It's a four month commitment. So it's essentially a four grand investment. That is a lot for some of my clients who are in it, but that's also whatever for some of my clients who are in it. Right. Right. But I will say whenever, whenever it feels like a, yeah, whenever it feels like a more of a stretch, you're more inclined to show up and utilize whatever it is that's in front of you, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. that's kind of like what it comes down to. And yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. It's like, what is a lot for like, what is a stretch for you versus like, what is it? Right. Whereas mm-hmm. like working with me one-on-one, it's like, there are different ways to work with me one-on-one, but like right now, like the VIP tier to work with me is $2,500 a month and it's a four month commitment. Right. So it's a 10 K mm-hmm. investment. And like those clients like shift rapidly. Right. Because a part of them is fucking terrified in a good way. But then they also increase their energetic minimums to $2,500 a month. So a lot of them end up taking on clients for the same rate that they're paying me. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, but it's like, it's all, it's all, it all really just like depends on the person. Um, I also have like a lower ticket way of working with me, which is like, it's biweekly phone calls. And we do like energy healing and clearing. We do activations around receiving Um, and we do like a lot of like subconscious reprogramming and they don't really have access to me between that, but then it's 70, it's 777 per month for three months. Right. Right. So it really, like, it really just depends, you know, it's like, it also depends on like the container that someone wants, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. there's factors that like come into play about like how someone's going to show up. And then it also has to do with like my energy. Right. Um, and then like, I'm not super into human design, but I have a client who's super into human design. It's like, she's building like a multi six figure business. Um, and it's because I think whatever is undefined in my chart is defined in hers. It's some like weird energetic thing behind, like between us. Right. So it's like fucking like crushing it, but the investment isn't what scared her. It's more of like how we vibed and how, and like what our rapport is. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that goes back to what you were saying of just, it's subjective. Like someone might have heard my rates and been like, wow, that's really cheap. Like you only paid nine ninety seven, And someone might've been like, oh my God, I would never in my life invest that money. It really is all personalized. Right. It's also like what your long-term goals are. Right. So it's like, if I'm selling my mastermind, that's all about helping you, you know, create a six figure business or even scale to multi six. If the investment for that is 4k, someone's easily going to justify that and be like, Oh wow, look at the ROI. Like I'll be fine. Right. Right. Um, it's all about what people value too. So my one-on-one is more focused on like relationships and money. Granted I do business stuff within that as well. But then it's also the same thing because it's like I'm clearly marketing myself towards women who are single and feel kind of stuck in their business and they're really wanting to crush it and like call in that guy, right? So I'm giving them what it is that they want so they see the value. They can see that like whenever they sign on with me, like they're going to be getting their shit together. Like they're going to be like having the consistent cash flow. They're going to be like a magnet for that man, like whatever it is, you know? So 
that's the other thing too. So it's like, if you're talking to a friend who's not an entrepreneur or like in this type of space, it's like, they're not going to understand the coaching container. They're not going to see the value, Mm -hmm. but that's also because that's not necessarily like what it is that they want or need. Right. Exactly. Like I didn't even think about this stuff until recently in the last six months to a year where if two years ago, you'd have been like, Oh, are you looking at a business coach? I would have laughed and been like, well, what are you like? What's a business coach? Why would I ever pay that amount of money? Where now I'm like, Oh, I see the value because I do see that this would pay off eventually. Not in the immediate. It's like, I'm going to go find a client tomorrow, but who knows? Maybe I will have a major shift in my call. And then it will, like you said, raise my vibration and I'll attract that. Yeah. And that's like, I think that's also why my work has kind of shifting more into like doing the energetics and like the healings and like the clearings. It's like Mm -hmm. last week I did, um, I did like activations and clearings for my mastermind clients. And like today, one of them messaged me and was like, Oh my God, like I haven't done shit this week. And I just signed on a client. Like it's a Tuesday. And then she like messaged me like five minutes later. She's like, Oh my God, someone just like re-upped a six week program. And then like my other client posts in the group, she was like, Oh my God, like I just manifested my dream client, you know? So it's like, I'm getting bigger and bigger. I'm getting bigger and bigger on the energy stuff because it's like, at first I was kind of like, Oh, that's like bullshit. That's weird. And then I started working with like an energy healer and she was like, dude, you have gifts. Like Mm -hmm. she's like the shit that you're, she's like the shit that you're paying me to do. Like, this is what people are going to start paying you to do. So now I'm like starting to own that a little more and I'm like offering that. And it's like, it's nuts because people are like, holy shit, it's working. Like I'm getting there. Like I'm yeah. getting crazy. And like, it's cool. Cause I'm also able to like channel information for clients. Um, like depending on like how open and receptive they are to like receiving them. So it's just, it's been an interesting shift. Sorry. We went on a tangent there, but we, you get, it's the wine. It's the wine. It's no, and I'm like asking 25 million questions in one setting. So you realize, okay, this money maybe wasn't what I should have put it on. Now I'm in a financially contractual situation where I can't even get out of it. Now, what do you do after that step? Um, I cried. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, do you want me to be honest? Have. I fucking cried. I like, I like bawled my eyes out. Um, I felt like shit and I judged myself for feeling like shit. And then... Um, yeah, honestly, it affected me very, very, very deeply. Like I was really, really, really hurt and upset. And I felt like I was like lied to and like cheated on. Um, but what helped me to actually like get out of it was that I started to, first of all, I was like, yo, you're not a victim. Like stop acting like you're a victim. And then I also started to look at like, okay, how did I show up in this dynamic? Like, where was I? And I realized I was very weak. I had no sense of self. I was also very fragile. So yes, I did need someone to support me. But then I also looked at like, okay, what did I learn from this? And what I learned was to really just, you know, run my business from a space of integrity and to show up authentically and to just be of service. You know, it's like, I'm not Mm -hmm. in this business to like fuck anyone over. So I really like, I'm really proud of myself for that. Cause I feel like I hear so many horror stories and I'm just like, thank God I'm not like that. Like all I have is my reputation, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like just really using it as an opportunity and like, of like how I don't want to show up or looking at even like what did work because certain things did work. You know, it's not like these investments were like, 
super, super horrible in every way, shape and form. They just didn't really end that gracefully. Right. And you just said two different things that I definitely want to hit on was one, the victimhood of realizing I'm not a victim. Like, you know, how do I move on from this? Can you actually speak on that a little bit more and what victimhood even is and and how you run into that with your clients maybe? So victimhood is kind of like, woe is me. Like everyone's out to get me. Like I'm so sad, like pity party. And it's like, I just realized I was like playing in that role for months, honestly. Like it was so hard for me to do anything work-related. Like, thank God I had clients. Um, But I really got stuck in like this whole, like I was just feeling so sorry for myself. Mm -hmm. And like, it really really messed with me energetically. And like, if I ever see that with clients, I'm just like, Hey, I love you. You're acting like a victim right now. You're not a victim. Like, let's sit down and like, look at the shit that actually, you know, like is good. Like, let's look at the silver lining of this and like, let's be grateful for the situation and let's move the fuck on. Right. Granted, it doesn't take like two seconds, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes people don't know that they're you know, playing the victim. Oh no. I, I didn't know I was playing the victim with men probably a several years ago for years. And I was just like, wow, everyone sucks. Like everyone's a fuck boy. Everyone's out. Like, you know, I just have bad luck. And it's like, no, actually I wasn't setting boundaries. If a guy mm-hmm. asked me to come over late at night, I would, if they didn't make any effort, I would still talk to them. And at some point it was like, no, no, no it's not bad luck. You are allowing this to happen to yourself. Like you are attracting these people because you haven't set any boundaries or standards. So yeah, naturally what's going to happen is trash will come into your life because you had no trash bin to put anyone in except myself. Yeah. So that's the other thing. So yeah, it is that like, you're not setting the boundaries in the relationship, but it's also that narrative of like how guys are. Right. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of like, it goes back to like what we were talking about earlier, where it's like, if you're going to have this like negative internal dialogue about a certain thing, your brain will literally pick up cues to like validate that. Right. Mm -hmm. Or it'll seek it out and you'll be a match for that. So if you're going to go on dates and be like, Oh my God, every guy sucks you're going to go on a bunch of bad dates. And like, I know this because I used to be that girl who was like, Oh my God, dating so hard. Meh. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not that girl anymore. I go on a date and I literally, I have the best time on dates. Amazing fucking track record. I attract amazing guys. They're just like, not for me right now. Like I haven't met like my guy, but it's like, I don't go into anything with that mentality. I'm always like, Oh, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to get to know this person if I like them, great. If like nothing happens, also great, whatever. Right. And then it ends up unraveling beautifully or unfolding beautifully, you know, like regardless of like whether or not we're together. Right. At least like you said, you have that mindset of, okay, not everyone's a fuck boy or trying to break my heart or ruin my life. It's like, no, that's, that's just a dialogue that you made up. Mm -hmm. And that's also just like a very immature guy though. You know what I mean? So it's like, don't let like your dating experiences from when you were like 16 and dictate like when you're like in your twenties and thirties. Right. So true. What about the other thing that you said was, um, you know, you're going through this, you're, you're crying. You realize, Oh my God, I need to get my life together. This is what I'm going to do. I want to know about your inner circle and your support system during this time. Like, did you tell your family, I'm starting a business. Here's what I'm doing. Did you tell your friends? Like, I want to know about the people around you while you were going through all this. 
So my family knew that I was starting a business and my mom was like pretty supportive. My dad was just like, Oh God, you don't even know what you have coming for you. Cause my dad's an entrepreneur. Um, so he was just kind of like, I think he was like waiting for me to like really, really fail, which like, right. That's such a part of it anyways. You know what I mean? When you're first starting a business, but it's like, he wasn't like fully on board. Um, and then my boyfriend at the time was incredibly supportive. He actually hated the coaches that I had invested in. And he had told me that they were like bad news bears. He was like, I don't know what it is, but like something is off. And I didn't listen to him, but that's fine. I had to learn my lessons. Yeah. Um, and then my friend circle was, I mean, I was still friends with like people that I was friends with before I entered the online space. But at the very beginning of my business, I did make it a point to start connecting with like other people in the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't, I'm actually not, fr- I'm only friends with probably like two or three people in the industry. Like I'm not very close to anyone anymore. I've kind of like gone off and like done my own thing. Um, but yeah, that was like my support system at the time. Cause I also felt like I couldn't really talk to my friends who were like in their nine to fives about what it was like to be starting a business. I felt like, right. I just, I couldn't relate, which makes sense that I was like seeking out people who were in the industry. Absolutely. And what about, you said something about working with an energy healer while you were, you know, trying to get this all set up, were you working with a therapist, an energy healer, a coach? Like how many, I guess, outsourced resources did you have? Right. So right now I'm working with an energy healer. So it's been a few months where I've been working with her. And then I also have a business coach. Um, and at the time I was just working with business coaches, but like, here's the thing. It's like, if you're working with a business coach, it's very important that they're someone who's like more on like the multidimensional side, because what I found was like, I was going through so much internal shit when I started my business and those business coaches were unable to like hold space for me in that way. So Mm -hmm. everything was like super like structure strategy, that stuff, but it wasn't like, Hey, Um, I just quit my nine to five and I'm tapping into my savings and I'm moving back home and I'm freaking the fuck out. Like they didn't know how to help me with like the real shit. Right. It was more of like, here's 10 steps to do this. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm flipping. Like you just said the fuck out because I have never been in this situation before and I don't know how to handle it. Exactly. Yeah. What about the actual steps you took? to get this up and running, like very specific. Like, did you have uh, a calendar where you're like, okay, nine to 11, I'm going to do this 11 to one. I'm going to do this. Or was it like by the end of the week, I have to get X, Y, Z done because for anyone listening, that's starting a business. I think there's just a lot of overwhelming things to get done that people just get Mm -hmm. so overwhelmed that then they don't do them. So I'm curious how you actually laid out your days and weeks to get this up and running. So it was, so when I first started my business, like growing up in a family where there were like a lot of entrepreneurs, like everyone was like, you need to work like eight to 12 hours a day. So I tried really hard to work eight to 12 hours a day, but that's not really doable when you are like still kind of like lacking clarity. So Mm -hmm. over time, I actually really found my style. And what I found was that like, I like working on weekends And so I'll try to create content over the weekends. I'll start like, you know, like create some content during the week. I really love video. So I just hop on video whenever I feel like it. 
Um, and then I just like create offers from a space of alignment. So like the work that I do isn't super, super structured in that way, but that's also because I learned the hard way that I don't do well with that much structure, you know? So Mm -hmm. it's like, yes, initially it's like, I did things like, um, like when I was like launching a program, I was like strategic about like the type of content that I did create. And I would try to, you know, post something almost every single day. But the more that I've like gotten comfortable and like more confident, the less structured I am, if that makes sense. No, I love that because I ran into that when I started my podcast where I was like, okay, you know, Monday is a blah, blah, blah post. Wednesday is an XYZ post. Thursday, do this. And it's like some days the energy was like, I don't want to post that. So why would I post that or do that? Like it just doesn't align with how I'm feeling and it's going to come off that way. So why would I go ahead and post that? So that makes yeah. a ton of sense. Oh, whenever you post something, it's very important to be intentional. So just set the intention that whoever is meant to read it will read it or see it. I love that. Yeah. The algorithm is constantly changing. We're all like freaking out, but it's like, if you fully trust that the right person will read it or see it, they will. And like literally today, it's like a girl started following me on Instagram a few days ago. And today she signed on for my program. Like the one that's all about like energy healing and activations. Yeah. And it's like, I just like my engagement's been low or like seemingly low, but it's like, she saw it. She wanted to sign on with me. It's not me. Mm -hmm. It's so true. You just have to trust it. What about the balance though? Because you just said you like to work on weekends and I'm sure we all starting businesses are like, this is my baby. I'm giving it 150%. I don't want to even like interact with other people, but then you can deplete other relationships. Like, did you find that you were good at balancing, you know, personal life and work life or was it a struggle bus? Um, at the beginning it was really hard for me and it actually caused a lot of issues in my relationship at the time. Cause I was so obsessed with my business and I was so obsessed with like, Oh my God, likes comments. I need to respond. I need to do this. I need to do that. And it's like, but I had to, you know what I mean? Sometimes whenever Mm -hmm. you're excited about something, you're going to throw yourself into it fully. And like, that's fine. Just don't make it a habit. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very normal to have that excitement. Don't let it take over your life because yes, on some level, like you are your business, but that's just like a part of you, you know, especially if you have a personal brand, but like Mm -hmm. that is just a part of you. It's not all of you. Absolutely. And what about criticism? Because I know any entrepreneur, especially like you were saying, even your dad was kind of like, mm, what are you doing here? Like that's, you're going to fail or, you know, let, let's see what actually happens. People that have never heard of what you do before, or even understand the industry will be like, that's not a real job. I've never heard of that. How are you going to help people? How did you actually deal with any criticism or judgment? Um, initially I did take it personally. And I was like really hurt and upset. Um, now I just don't care. Cause I'm like, you guys are not paying my bills. So I just <laughs> right. literally don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, yeah. I think- <laughs> but also it's like, it's, it's really owning the fact that it's like, people don't need to understand you or what it is that you do. The only thing that matters is that you understand you. The only Mm -hmm. thing that matters is is that you have a sense of self and that you're focusing on you and that you're happy with who you are as a person. Like that's all that matters. Yeah. 
No, I that's what this podcast is in my non-expert opinion. So, you know, we can give how many non-expert opinions we want, (laughs) but I agree with the not paying your bills thing. It's like, why would I let, you know, Johnny from high school who has no idea what this industry even is dictate the potential financial income I could have? Like that doesn't even make sense saying that out loud. But people do, exactly. they're like, well, I care, like, I don't know, people are, my mom always says this, she's like, I was like, I don't know, people are really going to care, people are going to make fun of me, and my mom goes, who are these people? I think you're thinking of maybe one or two people that have judged you in the past, and you're letting those one or two people dictate how your entire future would be, and I was like, yep, it really is one or two people, it's not the entire world. Yeah. And then also it's like, you have to realize like if someone has such a strong opinion about what it is that you're doing, chances are that they're too much of like a little chicken to go and do these things themselves. Because at the end of the day, like it's not easy to like put yourself out there and to like put your life on blast and to talk to your phone camera and like post videos on Instagram about X, Y, and Z. You know, like right. it's not like a natural thing to do. So if someone's hating on you for doing you and wanting to help people, that's all their own shit. That's like their own fear. That's their own scarcity. That's their own BS. And honestly, I am like an avid blocker. Like, I don't think any of the girls who bullied me in high school can even like see my social media. Good. Cause it's like, like why? I just, I'm so, you? yeah. I just like, I block people. Like I, like, I don't even think twice. I'm like, whatever. Like, I don't want you seeing my shit. So I'm going to block you. Exactly. And it's like, if that's what I need to feel more comfortable, why wouldn't I honor that? You know, especially when I have a business and like, this is how I take care of myself. So I like, why would I, I'm not going to like overthink me blocking someone who I have zero relationship with. Like they probably won't even notice. Right. It's definitely, uh, that's kind of like an ego thing too, is like, we all get to that place of, Oh, I want them to see me doing better than them. And it's like, that's actually just your ego speaking because what would you actually get out of that? Like if one of the girls did message you and was like, wow, you're killing it. It's like, okay, yeah, it's validating, but that's just for your own ego. It's not like, life-changing if this girl were to message you yeah that's true it's kind of like the only person that you should be impressing is yourself I love if that. you're not like if you're not happy with yourself you're fucked because it's gonna affect every single area of your life i think i'm gonna make that my morning mantra i the only person you need to impress is yourself i love that i just made that up damn Wow, I'm like getting chills. I'm like, wait, I just started really <laughs> started like really thinking about it. I was like, wait, that's so true. Like, if I'm not impressed with myself, how could I even show up for the relationships that I want to have or the money I want to create if I'm not even impressing myself? I love that. Man, I love it too. I love that for us. Like, thank God for this podcast because like one liners. One liners, right? <laughs> Okay. I have two final questions. One is around organization because I have personally found, I just told you this before we started talking, my self-discipline and organization skills I thought were there. And now that I'm actually trying to get a business up and running are not. So I'm curious what tools you use and you can get specific like, Oh, I use mm-hmm. Evernote, Gmail calendar, whatever. Or do you like have someone that helps you? Like I would love to know, know about your organization system. Okay. So you're literally going to hate me. Um, I am like super old school and I just write everything in a planner. 
Okay. I love planners. So this is kind of good news. That's, Cause that's like the only, that's like how my mind works. Like I, like my old assistant, like wanted to do like calendar shit or like, she's like, Oh, I can like update your calendars for you. And I was like, dude, like, I just, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like I'll just, I'll write it down. Like I can't be bothered. Um, and then I, as far as like organization goes, it's like, I try to have client calls at like the same exact times like every single week. So it's like, I like that consistency. And then I also try my hardest to like, you know, condense it down to like maybe two days of the week that I'm actually on the phone with clients. Okay. So you kind of batch your time according to a specific task. Yeah. That's what I need to do because I have this podcast and then I'm trying to get the yoga business up and running. And I find that when I switch between the two, I get so flustered of like, Oh, I need to make a graphic for social media, but I need to email those 10 people for yoga and create pricing. But wait, I need to go back to my podcast and make a video. And it's like my mind flip flops so much that then I just get frazzled and I don't get anything done where right. it seems like I should make maybe like Monday, Tuesday podcast days, Wednesday, Thursday are yoga days, and then mm-hmm. try to figure it out from there. I like yeah. the time batching aspect. Yeah. So definitely time batch. And then also it's like, I don't really say like need or should anymore. Um, I'm trying to get better at like just honoring. Yeah. Just like honoring my cycles, honoring however it is that I'm feeling and just trusting that like, if I want to chill the fuck out for like a week, great. I'm probably birthing something incredible the following week, you know? So it's like not putting so much pressure. Can you give an example of that need or should like, what's a statement of I need or should that you are trying to avoid or just I need, yeah, I need to write content. Mm-hmm. I should be working. Right. Okay. So like, but like, why would I do that? Cause then whenever I write content, cause I feel like I need to, or I should, or I have to, it's shit. <laughs> like it's yeah. literally just like, it's like me like forcing myself to like come up with something profan- profound, you know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. yes, on some level, it's like sit your ass down and like write that one post because it will open the floodgates. But on the other hand, it's like, you don't always have to be on. Right. It's, no, it's like, you're allowed to chill. Like it's no one's going to die. No one's going to forget about you. Like it's fine. It's going to be oh, okay. I love that. You don't always have to be on. I told my friend, we were having a conversation once she's very like outgoing and entertaining. And we were at a cafe once just chatting. And I was like, don't you just feel like you always have to be on? It's like a circus monkey. Like you have to be the entertaining one and you have to post the content. And, you have, and she's like, yeah, it's exhausting. And we didn't realize like how much of our day to day was like, quote unquote, being on when it's like, just chill, mm-hmm. like turn off for a second. Yeah. It's also, it's not normal to always be on. You do have to turn it on for work because that's an aspect of your personality, right? It's like, if I wasn't like engaging and like funny and silly, but like still providing value and magnetic, like people wouldn't buy my shit. Like I'm mm-hmm. not going to show them like me who's like sitting on my couch, drinking a glass of wine, like unwinding, being a mute because right. that's not what people want to see. And that's, you know what I mean? Like exactly are a part of me. Or it's like, if that's what people do want to see, they would go find someone that has that personality. You know what I mean? It's like, they need to go find their match elsewhere. It's not you. Exactly. Okay. Final question. It's, I guess it's kind of a two part question, but what is your favorite client story and what's your favorite manifestation story? Like personally that you've manifested what is my favorite client story? Like client, mm. I guess, testimonial or someone, you kind of said a few already where people are like, oh my God, I just did this or I manifested this, but 
Is there one that really sticks out that maybe they came into you a very low vibe and then they just had a transformation or it was just so unexpected, like anything in that realm? Yeah, totally. So I had a client who I found randomly on social media one night and I went on like a liking spree on her page and I'm not going to name names because she's like kind of high profile now, but it's Mm -hmm. like, I went on like a liking spree and I was like, who is this chick? Like, where did she come from? And so she ended up messaging me after and she was like, oh my God, I read some of your posts. Everything resonated with me. It's so crazy. Like, that's exactly what I'm going through. So we just started chatting. And then she also happened to live in LA. And what ended up happening was that like, we decided to do a trade. And I don't do trades because my hourly rate is like pretty fucking high. So if I'm going to do a trade with you, like, it's going to be crazy. So Mm -hmm. we did a trade. I went to her house, um, met her, like instant connection, something inside me was like, this girl is going to be so big. And she just wasn't at a place financially where she, I don't know, I guess like wanted to invest or like, she was like very scared, very hesitant, like was kind of living like paycheck to paycheck anyways. So we meet in person, we hit it off. We do our trade a week later. She messages me and she's like, Hey, I know that you're going to be the one who changes my life. And I was like, okay, holy shit. Like, wow, thank you. Like, let's do this. So she built basically a six figure business. I want to say within like five months. Wow. And then she's now a seven. Yeah. She's a seven figure earner. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's just, it's crazy. Cause it's like, it just shows you like, if you find someone who you vibe with and you're willing to take a chance on yourself and you're willing to like do the work. Cause she was so committed. Like she was in like a VIP program. So she had access to me and like, she was always messaging me, just like asking me for feedback, you know, like asking me for homework, asking me all these questions. Like she really, really utilized me. And then she also like manifested love and like, you know what I mean? Like she did all these and she did and is continuing to do all these amazing things. So it's just very cool because it was just one of those, like such a random way of meeting Um, and she's just like blown up, which is like amazing to see. So it's just, yeah, that's probably my favorite client story because she was just so committed to the work and now she has like an insane business. I love that. Um, Yeah. And then manifestation stories. Um, I don't know. I'm really, I'm good at, I don't know. I'm just like, I'm good at manifesting things. (laughs) I'm like trying to think. I'm like, let me think. Um, I guess most recently um, I was living in LA and I was, cause that's where I'm from, where I was raised. Um, I was traveling in Bali and while I was in Bali, I was with my cousin and I was like, dude, like, I'm so fucking tired of living in LA. Like I just want to get out. And she's like, where would you go? Like, what do you mean? And I was like, I don't know. I just like, I need a break. Like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm done. So I get back from Bali and there's a notice on my apartment door and they're like, Hey, we're selling the building. So if you want to get out of your lease prematurely, we can talk about a buyout or you can stay here while we're doing construction. And so as soon as I saw that, I was like, Holy shit, I'm leaving. And then I left and now I'm living in Austin. Yeah. I mean, I'm like crazy. I'm sabbaticaling in Austin right now, but yeah. So 
that's the other thing where it's like, I was so detached. It's kind of like, I just like said that to my cousin and I was so honest and passionate and like open about like, I don't want to live in LA anymore. That when I got back, it literally happened that I had an out. Wow. And that I've never even like heard of a buyout in an apartment. It's like, Oh, we'll just, you know, wait till it's over. We'll, we'll let you know in six months. Like that's insane. Yeah. No, it was crazy. I love that. Well, if people actually want to work with you, because it seems like you have different tiers of access, you have different levels of your programs. How can they actually find you or get in touch with you to work with you? Because obviously you have a ton of value to add to people's lives. Thank you. Um, I'd say Instagram is like where I'm the most active and it's, I am Sophie Nick S O P H I E N I K. Um, and then I'm actually in the process of like revamping my Facebook group. So that's going to be really, really, really fucking fun and like full of value. I love that. Um, so I'll be announcing that more formally very, very soon. But I would say Instagram is probably the best way because I'm pretty good about like checking my DMs and getting back to everyone and just, yeah, keeping it real. Perfect. And you guys need to follow her because even though you're a business coach, I always like make this joke that, you know, there's this stereotype of a coach that's like so cheesy and like, oh, you're just, you got icky feeling. And when I look at your page, I'm like, wow, this is like, this is actually not even just a valuable to follow because you have so many valuable takeaways, but like the keychain of like money makes me come or like the, <laughs> the birthday cake, I'm feeling myself. You're like, Oh shit. Like this is really interesting to follow. It's just fun. It's like really good out there content that you're like, wow, I'm also learning from this. I love it. Yeah. I think that's also what's like so important to me where it's like, it's so important to me to be honest, be authentic, be bold, be unapologetic and just like really show people like, yes, like the amazing things that I've created and I've done and I've built and all of that, but also show people like, Hey, like I'm a real person. And the reason why I teach on money and I teach on relationships and I teach on business and I teach on all these things is because I've actually gone through all of that shit and I've gotten myself out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I'm qualified to help people and I'm not afraid of owning that. And I do want people to just come to my page and it's like, just, you know, take away whatever it is that you need to take away and just know that like, we're all real people and we all want connection and yeah, my intention is just to like provide value. I love that. And not make anyone feel left out. You know what I mean? Like I look at mm-hmm. so many pages where I'm like, oh, I can't relate. Like you're not, you're a fucking cookie cutter. Like I don't right. want that. I hate like I do cutter. not want that. Yeah. So thank no you for cutter. saying all of that. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, you guys, you have to follow Sophie Nick. I am Sophie Nick. You can follow me at Chelsea Rife, R-I-F-F-E. And don't forget the mantra of the day. The only person you do impress is yourself. Quote by Sophie Nick. (laughs) I love that. And tag me if you quote me, you guys. Yes, please do. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. Make it your Instagram story. Reach out to her and you can always reach out to me too. Thanks so much for being on the show, Sophie. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm sure some of you probably want to work with Sophie now, just like I did. We actually ended up chatting a bit after the podcast wrapped, and I was like, wow, I am so impressed with just how she's able to read people. And what's interesting is there wasn't even video up when I was talking to her. It was just our voices. 
and she was getting things totally right about my energy and limiting beliefs I have and where do those come from. And this is just like a quick conversation. So I was like, wow, I actually need to work with her. So if you guys want to work with her, visit I am Sophie Nick on Instagram. And you can always write into the podcast if you have any questions about you know what we discuss, and I can always direct you to her. And that is hello at my non-expertopinion.com. You can follow me at Chelsea Rife and visit the website in my non-expertopinion.com. If you found value, whether it was entertaining, inspiring, educational, please leave a review. It really, really helps me get more guests like Sophie on. And let me know who you want to have on next. I'm so open to hearing, you know, your suggestions. And lately, as I'm trying to launch my own business and just get, you know, aligned with what I'm doing out here in Australia, I have been shifting, you know, who I have on and what I'm talking about. So I would love to hear you guys' opinions, non-expert or expert. All right. Well, that will see you next week.